Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey guys, we have some pretty fun news. Love to See It is doing a little mini tour in June. Apparently, we only do live shows when Claire is about to give birth. Yes, that's on my demands. I prefer to be third trimester pregnant when we do a live tour. So this June, we are going to do three live shows. We have been so excited to finally do this. It's been a long time. We will be at Underground Arts in Philadelphia on June 6th. On June 16th, we're going to be at City Winery in Boston. And on June 22nd, we'll be at City Winery in New York City. We will also be recapping a truly iconic vintage episode of The Bachelorette. And we will have some very special guests to help us out in Philly, Kelsey McKinney, host of Normal Gossip, in Boston, former Bachelor in Paradise star Jill Chin, and in New York City, comedian and iconic Bachelor recapper Arden Mirren. We are so excited for this, and we hope uh, everyone can come out and join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a really good episode. We're going to put up information soon so you all know what to watch. And you can find ticket links and more information at lovetoseeitpod.com. And now, on to the episode. Just watch me love myself. That's all I want. Got what I want. That's all I want. I'm not sorry. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about how we all have a little Josie Grossy in us. That's like totally Rufus. Rufalicious, if you will. Yeah, let's make it happen. We're here today to talk about Never Been Kissed, a movie with a premise that is far more disturbing in 2023 than it felt when we were in middle school in 1999. Maybe it's just because now we're all basically old enough to technically have a high schooler ourselves. It just doesn't feel as cute as it used to. And yet, we still had a lot of fun watching Drew Barrymore and Michael Vartan kiss. I don't know. It's There's a lot to unpack. 
during today's episode. Here to dive into this rom-com slash ode to the importance of local newspapers is Lane Moore, comedian and author of You Will Find Your People, How to Make Meaningful Friendships as an Adult. Lane, thank you for joining us. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here to talk about this very strange, great movie. It's yes. so oh important. <laughs> so an important part of cinematic history. Yes. We wanted to start by asking you, Lane, what is your relationship with romantic movies? Um, I've always loved them, but very uh, I'd say selectively. Like I don't love romantic comedies across the board. There are some people who are like, any rom com, I love it. I'm pretty picky. There's a bunch of ones that just don't don't hit for me, didn't didn't really resonate with me. Um this one did. And, you know, again, looking back, you're like, hmm, am I okay? Um, but, you know, I was also a child. And so it's just like you're, you're seeing things through different eyes than when you're an adult. But I can't imagine what it must have been like to be a proper adult when that movie came out, watching children watch it and be like, wait, I have notes, but also your brain is not fully formed. You're not getting any of this. So it doesn't matter. Exactly. Whole new experience watching it now, truly. So why did you pick Never Been Kissed from our shortlist? Yeah, I mean, it was the one that I think I had the strongest reaction to, you know? (laughs) And I don't even necessarily mean that in a negative way, right? I think we're all on the same page that it's like we're holding both parts of it, right? There's so much about Never Been Kissed that's great. And also, for what it's worth, this was a movie that I would watch as a little kid and when, when Michael Vartan, like, no spoilers. If you haven't seen it, it's been out for, like, 20 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can spoil it. It's okay. Right. I'm like, we're going to spoil it. Um, every single time, without fail, when Michael Vartan actually comes to her on that baseball field, I w- tears, just gushing tears. It was something oh. that every time, like, all my friends would make fun of me. They were like, why do you always cry at this? I was like, because he wasn't going to show. And then he did. <laughs> Yeah. That's it's emotional. Like that's the power of, of art. It's the power of film. It's the power of Drew Barrymore, frankly. I, I the think power never of been, your teacher yes. being really inappropriate, but it being <laughs> romantic in this only. And also hot. <laughs> yeah, but also too hot. I don't know. <laughs> I think this movie is a great example of just like how the power of art just transcends whether it contains messages that are good for you. <laughs> Well, like you, you can watch it and real. be like, yikes. And yet it's so compelling to watch. Like it's the so good at what it is. Still there. Yeah. Yeah. That is exactly it, which is why yeah. it was such a riot to watch this movie again because I was like repelled by it and also just like, oh my God, this is beautiful <laughs> at the end. Yeah. It, it, uh, it works somehow. And also the way I look at it too, like of all the movies that haven't aged well and you have to look past a lot. This one, I felt like for some reason, you didn't have to look past as much as you, all things considered. Do you know what I mean? I feel like there is a, a value in just how blatant the the messed up thing is. That like, I'm never like, oh, it's seducing me into thinking it's okay for teachers to groom students. That's like, what I mean. Yeah, right. it, it doesn't so go ludicrous. that far. So yeah. It's like, yeah, right. It's so silly. And she's so, it's become so, you know, uh, popular in in pop culture. I think even at the time, wasn't it parried in like Scary Movie or one of those movies? Like people were mocking like how silly it was that this like 30-year-old woman or whatever she was was like supposed to be 17. Like it was, it was 
kind of like clear that she wasn't. So I feel like that helps. It wasn't like they cast someone who you were like, she looks really 13. Like, <laughs> you know, which I think they is really, better. They really, yeah, they really tried to toe that line. Yeah. So let's get a little bit into the background of this movie. Never Been Kissed was released on April 9th, 1999. It stars, as we said, Drew Barrymore and Michael Vartan. It was directed by Raja Gosnell, who also directed like Home Alone 3, Scooby-Doo, Big Mama's House. And it was written by writing team Abby Cohn and Mark Silverstein, who also co-wrote I Feel Pretty, He's Just Not That Into You, How to Be Single. So in that in that rom-com milieu, they, they know how to do it. Drew Barrymore who was 24 at the time that she played 25-year-old Josie Grozy. So young, kind of wild. Um, she served as executive producer on the movie, and I believe that this was her first movie that she was starring in and also, like, executive producing. And she'd been, like, a successful actor for almost two decades at the time. Like, it's, it's interesting because a lot of these movies that we've discussed are, like, the breakout performances for the actors who are in it. But for Drew, like, she was a child star. And this was, this was sort of her, like, peak as a young adult star, it girl, rom-com queen. Like, the previous year, she had starred in The Wedding Singer, Ever After, and Home Fries, which is, damn, the clip at which these movies used to come out in theaters. (laughs) What a year for Drew. (laughs) And then I think the next year she had Charlie's Angels. So she was yeah. yes. she was really like in her heyday at this point. And yeah, so young. Um, but so definitely young. not 17. I think my view of people's ages when they've been in the industry that long is really skewed. Like yeah, there was yeah. part of me that was like, she's probably 29, 30. And it's like, no, she was 24. It's just that she'd been in so many movies by then. And we've been seeing her since she was a kid that I, I've noticed that that happens a lot where I'm like, they're probably, what, whatever now? And you're like, nope, they're still 22. But because they've been around since they were 16, it seems like Billie Eilish is like 35 now. And you're like, nope, <laughs> yeah. not at all. No, it's it's <laughs> so true. I know I noticed this when I was um, watching Fleischman is in trouble. And I was like, Jesse Eisenberg can't have married Claire Danes because Claire Danes is clearly far older than Jesse Eisenberg. And it's like, no, she just became famous as a teenager, right. they're like three yeah, she's years been different. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one who has that weird because it's not that you're just like, they look older. It's not that. It's just like something is weird in your brain. That well, if you're just like, I've longer, known them. Yeah. I've known them for a long time and they are more adult than me yes, in that's that all way I that you're like, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And and so it, it, it makes it feel confusing. Parasocial relationships. Yes. Very, very odd. <laughs> so weird. But never, never been kissed was a part of this big wave of teen movies that came out in 1999. Uh, We previously discussed this during our 10 Things I Hate About You episode, which also came out in 1999. This was like the post-Clueless boom. Clueless had been a breakout hit. And so a few years later, you get this entire slew of teen movies, which then like basically abruptly ends in in the very early aughts. Yeah, this was, like, the end for teen movies. This is also, weirdly, it's sort of like a crossover movie. It's a rom-com about adults set in high school. Most of the characters are teenagers. Um, And when the movie first came out, (laughs) I think none of us would be shocked to learn that it got very mixed reviews. (laughs) 
Uh, Stephen Holden at the New York Times called it, quote, the latest and dumbest in the deluge of high school comedies from Hollywood. See, to me, it's a golden era to adult critics. Yeah. It's yeah. a deluge. <laughs> That's wild. I know. I'm like, 1999 was a perfect year for film. I don't know. I know. What yeah, you're really incredible. About. No, no notes. Give me more. Yeah. No notes. One of yeah. the most perfect years for movies and music, but okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess that you didn't want all these incredible movies about teenagers. I'm so sorry. Uh, he called it, quote, a bogus bottom-of-the-barrel Cinderella story. Rita Kempley at The Washington Post wrote that the movie was, quote, predictable, slightly painful, and as embarrassing as all get out. Roger Ebert uh, is a little bit more uh, generous. He gives credit to Drew Barrymore for making us care about the movie's characters, despite how bananas it is <laughs> on a narrative level. He writes... Quote, never been kissed is not deep or sophisticated, but it's funny and big hearted and it wins us over. The credit goes to Barrymore. In this movie, she emerges as a real star, an actor whose personality and charisma are the real subject of the story. Can and I, can I comment so on that, true. though? Yeah. But, but who was expecting it to be, what did he say, deep and subversive or deep and meaningful no one I don't think any sophisticated no one on this film thought that I always think that's so funny in movie reviews where they're like well it's not this and it's like it's a comedy yeah. I don't Calling think anyone a rom-com was predictable absolutely my pet peeve oh my I'm God. like yeah that's the, we, point. that's the point yeah we have noticed that uh male critic and I will say Roger Ebert is actually one of the rare male critics who I have noticed in all of the reviews that we've read actually takes the genre of like teen movies and of romantic comedies quite seriously and yeah. gives them credit. But yeah, it is such a lazy, often like middle-aged man movie critic thing to be like, this romantic comedy, like I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bro, that's why we movie. like them. Yeah, it's not a That's why we movie. like no, them. I a yeah. dramatic twist yeah. where he's her brother. Like, I couldn't have known. Yeah, good. <laughs> no one wants that. They want to relax, watch a thing they know how to play out. And also... Yeah, you knew they were going to end up together, but you don't know how. How can you say it was pretty? I don't know. It's about the, the journey. The it's journey about the journey is the point. But I think that, I mean, the, the reality is this was like such a great time for teen movies that I think you could come easily, and I, I can and I will, compare it to Clueless and 10 Things I Hate About You and say, yeah. comparatively, it is less deep and sophisticated to some yeah. of the other fare in the genre at the time. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have value. And well, and I think that he kind of got at the fact that Drew Barrymore's charisma and talent and charm kind of carries and papers over a lot of the problems with the movie because she is able to create a main character who you care about and who you invest in. So, Claire, will you begin to shepherd us through the bonkers plot yes. of this movie? We got to get to know our gal, Josie Grozy. Let's meet Josie Geller. <laughs> Josie Geller is the youngest copy editor at the Chicago Sun-Times. She's exactly what you would expect from such a person. She has mousy hair that's pulled back in a bun. She wears, like, grandma-style cardigan sets and ill-fitting blazers. She dresses like a 70-year-old woman. <laughs> <but she's> yeah. <laughs> Truly, like, literally what my grandma would have worn. She's constantly interrupting conversations to correct people's informal usages, which makes everyone popular. She needlepoints cushions at night instead of going on dates. But though she seems like this very safe, uh, you know, rigidly routine person she has a dream 
She's desperate to become a reporter. And even though her editor refuses to ever assign her a story because she's too controlled and safe to, like, get in there where the bombs are dropping, she is not ready to give up on that. Until at an editorial meeting, which I guess the only people at this meeting are, like, editors and a couple writers and the youngest copy editor at the Chicago Sun-Times, and it's led by the editor-in-chief of the news. Like, the whole staff of this newspaper is, like, 10 people. Which Roger is, from op-ed is very important. Yes. Roger from op-ed. <laughs> Roger is op-ed, clearly. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I don't know that he's, yeah, anybody else is working op-ed, but Roger's on it. He's the only nope. opinions we cared about. <laughs> I think when I, I think when I first saw this movie, I just, I didn't really even clue into like, op-ed as a word. I was just like, Roger from op-ed. It's one, <laughs> no, one run on. No, same. It wasn't until you said that that I was like, oh my God, he's just writing opinion pieces. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we know we know he's a, a man of rigorous intellect and integrity. Yes. yes. And so they're at this editorial meeting of all 10 to 15 people who work at the newspaper, which I assume is why the copy editor has an entire office and personal assistant to herself. <laughs> The eccentric editor-in-chief, played by Gary Marshall, clocks her as the youngest person in the room and assigns her to go undercover at a local high school because he's had this, like, great story idea. We don't know our kids. We don't know what they're up to. I don't, I never pay any attention to my kids, and I they could be doing anything. Someone go to high school and find out. And suddenly, she has her assignment. She's going to be a real reporter. You know what? You have to respect all of the resources that they're putting into this undercover assignment. Like, she just gets to not do her copy editing job for months. Yeah. Like an entire school very year, important, basically. Yeah. This very it's important amazing. assignment. Yeah. Now they'd be like, you have three hours to go to a high school. We're going to pay you $200 to write this. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the current yeah. state of journalism would not support this at all. No, no. They'd be like, you have to pay for all of your own expenses. We will not reimburse you. We're on a shoestring budget. This is going to be 12,000 words, $200. It'll be good for exposure. Like, it would be. <laughs> at the point where she's been at the high school for like six months and she's gotten scooped by the other paper like four times. I was personally ready to, on her behalf, quit the media industry and go incognito, <laughs> leave it all behind. I was like, you would, your reputation would never recover from this. Yeah. <laughs> so Josie takes her seafoam blazer and gaucho pants over to the tiki-themed shipping store where her deadbeat brother Rob, played by David Arquette, works. And she tries to encourage him to, like, just finally get his life together, like, get over his failed college baseball career Enroll in community college. Maybe one day move out of their parents' house. And then she's like, also, I'm making my dreams happen. I'm going undercover as a reporter, and I'm going to be a high school student at the local high school. Unfortunately, Rob remembers what high school was like for Josie, even though she doesn't she doesn't seem to either yeah, remember like high seven school years ago for her I, i'm putting all these pieces together and like she's very recently out of high school yeah very you're like she's only 25 yeah you remember high school quite vividly she doesn't remember it and it seems like even at the time she is not aware of what's happening and yet is also also very deeply wounded by it so he's like remember how the kids called you josie grossy that nickname that i made up and popularized because well, brothers wait, can we talk about that as well because so i just remembered that like 
When she does a flashback, it's like the 80s, but she was yes. in high school like four years ago. I just remembered this. That's yes. why I thought she was older. Because if she's 25, yeah, that's high so true. Like it's 70. 19, it's 1999. But yeah. she's like in 80s garb listening to Like a Prayer. Like it just makes no sense. I mean, I guess I know people were listening. I don't know when Like a Prayer came out, but I thought that was the 80s. I don't know. It, it seems very like it was I guess a million you would years ago. you still be listening to it. You would. I but think it's my weird. theory, my theory is that they wrote all these scenes in the in the mid 90s. And then the movie actually didn't get made and come out until 1999, but they, like, didn't update any of their cultural references. It has references. to be, because they make <laughs> oh, it so really true. clear that it's, like, the 80s. And it's, like, if they were going to do an early 90s thing, it, it, you could still do something aesthetically. And they just didn't do that. So that's why I was like, oh, she's a lot older because she was a teen in the 80s. I think they were yeah. also just like, she's a loser, so she doesn't understand trends. She's, like, 10 years Oh, yeah, behind. she's still doing 80s, and everyone else has moved on. Also, it's really, like, the oddest uh, representation of, like, a nerdy kid who she's just so unself-aware. Yeah. That really struck me in this rewatch. And I don't know that I quite noticed that the fir- when I first saw it. Yeah. This is the beginning of a series throughout the movie of flashbacks to her high school years. And, yeah, in almost every one, she is surrounded by people loudly laughing at her. and. It's like she doesn't notice, but also that's her foundational trauma. And I'm like, how does she both not notice and also she's deeply wounded by it it. forever? Like, there's a scene where she's reading a poem to her crush, Billy, and the whole class is laughing hysterically. And she's like, I think that it really happened and he's going to ask me to prom now. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I was a nerd in high school. What world was she living in? I don't buy this. She must have had really loving parents. I don't... Yeah. Which is why we never see them. Right, exactly. Which is why we never (laughs) see them ever. Because I'm like, yeah, you don't... Nobody is able to be like a nerd who's super bullied and has infinite self-confidence without just like unbelievable family members who are just like, you are the hottest and coolest. They're all going to know. Like you have to be bolstered. There's no other way. Yeah. They're they're off screen somewhere, like high-fiving. Like we really maintained her self-esteem through years of high school bullying. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to continue our rewatch of Never Been Kissed. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. 
H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article, that lovely chair out on my deck, article, our big console, article, my bed frame, article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. So Josie has now remembered for the first time in seven years that high school was not super fun for her. But this time she's like, it's going to be different. I'm going to have a do-over. So step one is convincing Rob to trade her fully loaded Buick LeSabre for his beloved vintage car. Gives herself a makeover. She goes blonde. She gets like a perm as well. She shows up to school for her first day in an all-white, marabou-trimmed 
ensemble. I was so upset by this makeover. Yes. <laughs> like, who are you consulting? I'm sorry. Her good friend from work, Molly Shannon, should yes. really know better. Yes. Anita picks out her outfit. Anita is her, like, very sexually active, older female friend from the office, who I guess the implication is that she just hasn't been young for, like, three decades, so she doesn't know what the kids are wearing anymore. So she's, like, white denim and marabou, obviously. Like, wear a feather boa to (laughs) your high school. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Anita doesn't dress like a fool. She This seems mean. No, it really does. It really does. I, I don't know. So after she makes it through the metal detectors and a security check... She joins her first class where the popular girls mock her outfit and she has to wear a sombrero of shame, which is, I I would say, culturally insensitive. And also one of the popular girls, I always forget, played by Jessica Alba. She leads the trio of queen bees at this high school. But then things start to look up because Josie meets two totally hot boys, a high schooler who looks exactly like her own high school crush, Billy, and Sam Coulson, her hot English teacher, played by Michael Vartan. Coulson. We have to talk about the cool son. Yes. Cool son. (laughs) He is one cool son. He is one cool son. (laughs) Yes. On the nose naming. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, the cool son, I'm like, come on. He's someone's cool son. She has a crush on someone's cool son. I'm going to start saying that when I have crushes on guys. And it'll be like, I have a crush on someone's cool, cool son. son. Yeah, that, cool that son. does sound like like the, the, the cute little made-up name you would make for your crush in your phone. Like, yeah. oh, I got a text from Mr. Coolson yesterday. So weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> Immediately in English class, when Josie raises her hand and correctly describes what pastoral means and its Latin roots... Mr. Coulson asks her if she's really 17, which is such a great thing to say to your female student. <laughs> yeah. And you seem kind of much older. Class. You seem really mature yeah, for your age. Seem, I don't know. You yeah. seem like really mature for just your seems age. So like, mature. You're an old soul. You're an old soul. Like, yeah. I don't know. Wow. You could come hang so out with crazy. me and my friends. Like, I'm just saying, you could. Like, I'm not, like, inviting <laughs> you, but it's just, like, you could hang with us. I don't know. I feel like you're good enough. I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm definitely 17. I'm 17. I'm 17. I'm 17. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Clearly this girl says she's 17, but I think she's probably not. And this this plants a seed, we can see, from Mr. Coulson. Meanwhile, Josie is totally gaga over a boy that it would be illegal for her to date this dreamy popular boy named guy he's literally just a guy just a, guy. a hot guy just, just a guy, guy. yeah i mean we again. have a guy and a cool son <laughs> no men have names it doesn't matter everyone doesn't frankly care. i support that I anonymize too. men more yes we've done it to women long enough or it was just like exactly. lady with boobs so, cool son, guy, no one cares. Not updating it. <laughs> it actually took me, like, 50% of the movie to figure out what his name was. Because the way that they treat him is so interchangeable with Billy. And then his name is just Guy. Yes. I finally was like, oh, Guy is his name. Okay. He's no, not just a guy. <laughs> yeah. But he also is just a guy. He as is, just, he is a guy. just a guy. His big character trait, aside from looking dreamy, is that he's really trying to make Rufus happen as a term for something cool. Guys, it's the 
original fetch. Yes, like, but he's the the king bee. He's so George. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Josie at her first lunch tries to get in with the popular girls by just walking up to them, casually dumping chocolate milk all over her white jeans, whipping out a pen and notebook, and asking them about their hopes and dreams. Just a typical high school behavior. Very convincing. Very normal. Yes. Very high school. Also, I can't even imagine if someone (laughs) in high school had asked me about my hopes and dreams. I'd be like, please walk away. I'm just trying to survive the nightmare of this experience. Exactly. Like, Like, I wasn't even popular, and I would be like, get this girl the fuck That's what. Yeah, right, exactly. I'd be like, please (laughs) stop talking to me about this. Also, you're at a group of, uh, uh, like, a table with kids who are, like, both mean to you and your friends somehow, and they're asking about your hopes and dreams. Like, no one's going to be that vulnerable in high school. You just can't. You'll get clobbered. You just walked up to these people. They don't know who you are. Like... That's just simply not a good way to do reporting. I think Josie has one good quality as a reporter, which we've discussed at length, which is that she's completely oblivious to how people are reacting to her. And sometimes (laughs) that's necessary in order to have the fortitude to continue through a painful... Most of us would approach this, be so mortified that we would leave our jobs, uh, never return. But also there's a part of me that's like, then maybe she'd be better suited as like, you know, as somebody who hands out flyers for a comedy show. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that you should be a journalist who's oblivious. Yeah. I think that's actually not a good quality for a journalist. No, I think it'd be the much problem. better. It's not combined with any of the other traits that you need. Right. Like exactly. you need to be you need to Savvy, be oblivious socially. to social discomfort to an extent where you can power through it. But yeah. you need to be aware enough of the dynamics that you can navigate them. And, and then you can make it, like, yeah, like, like so that they want to talk to you. Like, right, going up to high school right. kids and just being like, I know the way to do this. What are your hopes and dreams, guys? She, like, is the Steve Buscemi meme. Yeah, she literally. <laughs> yeah, she literally. And that's not it. Like, you have to know, like, oh, how do I get my source to open up? How do I get make them comfortable enough to be able to interview? And she just blows right past that and is like, I'm sure they'll be comfortable. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, they won't mind that I'm writing down everything that they say to me in a notebook. That's but going does. nowhere. They don't know where I'm <laughs> taking these notes at all. <laughs> she didn't even say, like, it's for the school paper. Like, she didn't right. even have there's no, there's no ethics in this movie, Elaine. No. no. I know. No journalistic ethics, no student-teacher <laughs> ethics, no ethics, <laughs> generally. Just but she does, <laughs> she does end up making a high school friend named Aldis, played by Lily Sobieski. She is the class nerd. You can tell because she wears giant headbands. Oh, she's so great. And she's also so beautiful. (laughs) Well, but they're like, her hair is too flat, and she wears her headbands in front of her ears. So maybe she's actually not beautiful. In a different movie, she she would just take her glasses off and get a makeover scene and be popular. But she has no glasses. So they have to give her a headband. That she she does wear glasses. Off. Oh, that's right. She, she does, does wear glasses. That's right. She does. Yes. So she can and take a headband. Them off. She has two accessories. She does take them yeah, off. Yeah, they don't yeah. come off. She has her her big moment at the end when she steps out of the DNA yes. costume to reveal a tight, glittery jumpsuit. That's like that's her big moment. Yeah, that is her moment. Her nickname is Alpo. Um, get it? Because she's a dog. This is like the, what the popular kids amuse themselves with doing is like calling her a dog, an Alpo. But Josie's like, this chick is really cool. And she wants to tell me all about her hopes and dreams right away. And 
after this conversation, she comes up with her first angle for this big scoop, an expose about the cafeteria food, which is bad. This is like actually school paper stuff. Like this is the this is the Oberlin uh, campus investigation yes. that launched a million Atlantic think pieces. I was gonna say, actually, you could like start a controversy <laughs> by writing this. A bare minimum, you could really whip some rich parents up into a frenzy. I think they missed an opportunity. Her, her editor Gus John C. Riley, of course, is like, no, no, no. Cafeteria food does not sell unless the teens are having sex with teachers in the cafeteria food. No one cares. Try again. So she's like, okay, I guess I'll just stay here and keep going to high school indefinitely. And she joins the math team with Aldis, which gives her an immediate click. They're all wearing matching sweaters. Suddenly they're like, She's enjoying high school. She's going to mathletes competitions. In English class, they're discussing Shakespeare's As You Like It and how costumes and playing a role can just really open up new possibilities for love. Which it's almost like going undercover (laughs) can help you find the real you and also a boyfriend. Who's your teacher? With your teacher, hopefully your teacher. Also, I'm going to say I love the fiction that, like, if you're good at grammar, you're definitely also really good at math. Yeah, not not my experience. Wasn't my experience. (laughs) No, I feel like there's not a lot of crossover. It's either, like, you're really good at English or you're really good at math. I think it's very rare that both people are... Yeah, I don't know. This this movie is like you're either a popular absolute dummy or you're smart in In every every way. way. Also, I wanna like we'll come back to this, but Josie and ultimately Rob are just as good at everything in high school as they were like five to seven years ago. And like (laughs) Personally, I've forgotten a lot of the high school specific knowledge that I had. For example, calculus. And I think if I'd taken a five-year break from playing baseball, I wouldn't be that good at it anymore. But for them, (laughs) it's like, oh, yeah, she comes flooding back. She's still really, really good at calculus. (laughs) Maybe she practices at night while she's doing her needlepoint. Meanwhile, the Chicago Tribune has been putting some more effective reporters on the case. And they publish an expose about a local hangout for high schoolers called The Court. It's clearly just one of those, like, parking lot places where people hang out around a a trash can fire and drink wine coolers. And naturally, as, as is always the case with this kind of reporting, the popular girls are quoted by name and have an identifying photo in the newspaper in a story about their underage drinking habits. I'm the original <laughs> influencers. Yes. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, we, we love, love underage, underage drinking. drinking. <laughs> I love that we said that in unison. <laughs> that is like, I did not occur to me until this viewing of the movie. I was like, why are they bragging about <laughs> doing crime? Like, this seems so, like, unwise. drinking is the freaking coolest. You heard it here first. Action news. <laughs> my name is popular girl number four. You can take my yeah. photo. I love underage <laughs> drinking. <laughs> Most of us are white. We're not worried about getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, that's fair. Yeah, honestly, that's the big part of it. <laughs> when they're white, people aren't like put them in jail. Or just like it's so interesting that the teens are into this thing that they're we like, previously wow. thought was bad. What are they running from? <laughs> they seem troubled. Yeah, are yeah, the kids hot. all right? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously. Josie's boss is furious because she is embedded at this high school and she just got scooped 
not for the last time, but definitely for the first time. And he's like, you need to befriend these three girls who have their picture in the newspaper for being popular. Befriend them, (laughs) get to know all the illegal stuff they're up to, turn it into a story for me so that we, we don't waste the investment of putting you in this high school. And Josie's like, I can't be friends with that. Like, they don't want to know me. So I I don't know what to do. And she's so demoralized, she goes to rob her younger brother, who was popular Also, how is he or her younger brother? Is he, is David Arquette not much older? Yeah, David Arquette is not looking 23. No, I always thought he was that older, but like, it's so weird that she's like, my goopy younger brother. You're her younger brother. He's so much older than her. It's like so clear. Even as a kid, I was like, younger I must have heard it wrong. Like, I think I just yeah. gaslit myself. Yeah, I was just like, he's, I he was in, almost in real life, he's In real life, he's three years older okay, than, yeah. than Drew. That's not that much, so, yeah, but he, he does he was not, in his he's late not 20s. giving, he wasn't giving He's not giving brother. 23. That's all I'm saying. That's all. No, but <laughs> he's you know what he's doing adult. is he was just acting younger to make it seem like he's younger, <laughs> which is always an extra embarrassing look when, like, an older guy is being really like, yeah, and, like, then we, like, go do the cool stuff at the cool hangout. And, like, <laughs> right, that's, and like, like, his you're vibe. Thir- you're 30, and you're <laughs> acting like you're 17, which, by the way, many 30-year-old men do. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I think they're 23. I just think they're 30 <laughs> well, with exactly. the of a 16-year-old, which is like, not I hot. just think they're pathetic, not that yeah. they're actually young. I think they're stunted. I don't think, like, he's young. <laughs> but what he, are you in theory yeah. is 23 and what skincare is he using i'm like i'm like no he needs therapy. don't use it he needs whatever growth. it is he needs a bed frame yeah no <laughs> oh, so yeah no. rob was very popular in high school he was the star of the baseball team basically what happened is he got mono like one time and it ruined his entire career as a baseball <laughs> player and he's bitter about it and that's why he works at the tiki shipping store and she's like, how do I be popular? You are always so good at being popular. And he's like, look, it's really not that hard. You just need the right person to think you're cool, and then you're in. And you know what? I think I can help you out. But it's too late for his plan to be implemented. She's already lost the confidence of her boss. So she has been issued <laughs> some very high-level reporting tech, a tiny brooch with a hidden camera so that her editor can do the story by proxy. I love that this level of tech is like what you would see in a James Bond movie, <laughs> but also in this movie. And again, the amount of money they are spending on this is oh, wild. Oh yeah, in 1999, yeah. like we were not walking around with cameras you in our have, phones. Like there's no cell phones. So to be like, we're going to put this like probably like, I don't know, $10,000 technology on this for a story about what teens are doing is Great. Sure. I know. Incredible the the amount of subscriptions they're expecting to get from, from <laughs> it's so story, funny, right? Yeah. The numbers aren't adding up. You're like, wow, the ad dollars for print must have been amazing. <laughs> they were just handed them out, yeah. <laughs> and so this footage from the camera live streams in the Sun-Times office where quickly everyone just stops doing their jobs and becomes captivated with the soap opera. Why report Josie's on life? anything else? Yeah. They're all just waiting for this story. We'll put out a paper when we get this story, okay? Like, (laughs) chill. This sparks a little bit of something between Josie's office bestie, Anita, and her grumpy boss, Gus. Anita has been playing the field. Gus is like, I don't believe in love. I only believe in getting your copy in by five. But suddenly, (laughs) there's something brewing. Meanwhile, back at high school, Josie is ready to try to get cool. So she puts on her 
BDSM-inspired harness collar dress and heads to the local reggae club for the evening (laughs) where the popular girls are doing a choreographed dance to the live reggae band. Classic teen memory. We all have it. If there's not at least one choreographed dance, it's not a teen movie. I don't recognize that. That is true. No. Um, Did I ever do anything like this or witness anything like it in my teenage years? Absolutely not. The popular girls were just grinding. And that's, I respect that too. Mr. Coulson is also there because he's, he's one cool son and Mm -hmm. he loves (laughs) reggae. Yeah, that's how you know he's a cool son. That's what yeah. him as the cool son, is his love of reggae. He loves reggae and also being around his 17-year-old students. Yeah, he There's loves watching the young girls cooler. dance to the reggae at the all-ages reggae club. Fuck his girlfriend. This bitch from New York City. This career woman bitch Laura. from New York City who doesn't love to just... Hang out with 17-year-olds at a reggae club. She sucks. How dare she? She does something like law, a lawyer. Yeah, Yeah, great. She's no Josie. She's She's no Josie Grossie. She's like, my company has season tickets to the Met. And Josie says, oh, cool. I love baseball. And I'm like, isn't Josie's whole character that she's, like, fluent she's in She's a Latin? nerd. Like, she would know about opera, I'm pretty sure. Also, like, yeah, Josie <laughs> would be the one talking about getting season tickets to the Met. Right, like, what they is- made her smart in everything and oblivious in everything, and they just pick and choose whenever... Which one happens? They're like, it seems convenient for her to say something, like, cute and wrong right here, so. So they're just going to have that happen. And they yeah. they also need to make the other girl, like, mean and sophisticated, and we need to make her, like, sweet and stupid in this moment. Yeah. yeah. Just in this moment. <laughs> yeah, just right Which now. is so wild. They could have given Mr. Coolson a teacher, a, a, a girlfriend not as sophisticated as Josie, who right. casually that is that citing Latin so much roots. more sense. Because that's supposed to be what they're bonding over is how sophisticated yeah. she is, how smart she is, how observant she is. And then yeah. in this moment, it's like, it's like, oh, this woman is too sophisticated and accomplished. I love this idiot who's a teen. <laughs> he's but like, the problem with most of her. my teen students is that they're too stupid. They're and my girlfriend, she's too smart. Too smart. I hate this. <laughs> what if I, I had an extra Goldie smart Locks. student yeah. and then she'd be right in the middle? He's right. just the, the Goldilocks of intelligence. He's smart. like, which? Not too smart, not too <laughs> stupid this one's just just right. right sometimes so stupid and it's so cute <laughs> so nice it's so attractive personally. to me yeah uh a random uh, guy at the club offers josie a special cake that he says has he literally says has ganja and vitamins t h and c josie is 25 and works in the news and she has no idea what this means so she gets very high. Again, yeah, you're just like, you work at a newspaper. Her colleagues are watching this on a hidden camera and they do nothing. They're like, oh no. Oh well, this will be funny. Yeah. A lot of questions about the ethics of this hidden camera that we will continue to dig into. She gets on stage. She dances very gracelessly to the band. The popular kids watch in horror. So does her She, she wears another boa. Another boa. There's another boa, say. and it's between her legs. I knew someone Nothing would good say happens with a feather boa. No, no. Give them up, Josie. <laughs> They're not your friend. This movie is, like, destroying the brand of feather boas. It never is good when one shows up. Afterwards, still very high, she calls her brother and she's like, I did it. I'm in. I'm definitely cool now. She is just as oblivious high as she is when she is not high, which is completely oblivious. 
Uh, on that note, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be back with the rest of Never Been Kissed. Can you keep up? I like love it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And we are back. And so it's time, of course, for Josie to really embarrass herself yet again. She oversleeps and for some reason doesn't like wash her face or look in a mirror. She doesn't have time. Change her outfit. She doesn't have time. It's what you know what's much more important (laughs) than like wearing a school appropriate outfit? Being on time. One can't, you know, she's. She knows all the popular yeah. kids. They're really into They're punctuality. Right then. <laughs> she does run like she's late for work. She's like, oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going to miss the first bell. This is so, the thing. Like, what are they going to do to her? Meanwhile, suicide. if she feels like she's in late. 25. She doesn't need to graduate high school. She already <laughs> no. did it. Right. What are the repercussions for this? 
I, I don't want, also, also, if we're assuming that uh, the principal knows that she's there undercover, he would not care if she was late. It he seems like the prince. It seems right. like no one knows. But it seems that's like the no other one thing, knew. which well, is also again how? no ethics in no this movie, ethics. Like, no not a asked. little bit. But also, how would no one? How would no one know? Like, who's this like new the, person? Yeah. And you look older. You look and also older. like if you like, she has this <laughs> Where social security from? number, and yeah. it has, like I don't know. It yeah, it seems like this would require a lot of forged documents and a very yes. clear backstory, but she's winging it at every single moment. Well, because they had to use all the money for the little camera. They for couldn't the do the forged documents. It was like forged documents or the brooch, and they went with the brooch. <laughs> Does she even go to the school? Does she just show up every day and, like, hope no one notices? Like, and then, apparently, and then, and no, she just enrolled. She just enrolled one day, and Rob, Rob did, too. They just roll up. They're like, I'm in high school now. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, because Rob, it's not even like they were like, let me ask my boss and see if Rob can enroll too. It was just like, Rob is just there. Rob's like, I can get into any high school I want. (laughs) I'm 29. I can get into any high school I want. Yeah, apparently it's just that easy. You just just show up and act stupid. (laughs) And And everyone's like, yeah. And you just can just like, (laughs) it's like, because you know, if they weren't, I think people would be like, hmm. (laughs) They were just like, I'm white. I'm really dumb. People are going to love me. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she shows up in her walk of shame outfit, the club underage stamp on her hand from the night before. She slept on her hand. It's transferred transferred to her forehead. It just says loser. Classic underage stamp. Yeah. I think that's actually really funny if that was real. Because <laughs> isn't it backwards? Like, isn't the stamp backwards and then it, when it transfers, it's frontwards or something like that? I don't know if it said loser in her hand. Yeah, it and it's matter, like but half I think- of the word. Right. I forget what the the full word is. It's not yeah. like the stamp says just loser, it but doesn't. like only the loser. That's the part only that transfers. Yeah. So she is walking through school, being like, "Hey, my new friends! Like, we're all buds now because we were at the reggae club together." And instead, everyone is like loudly pointing and laughing at her and doing the loser. loser. Yes. And so she rushes to the bathroom where she finally sees the stamp, washes it off, and then pukes in the toilet. Gus and half the office are watching and being like, oh, my God, this is like the all humiliation network. So I guess they just like watch her when she goes to the bathroom right. in general. Like, well, seems, again, ethical. But also, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. does the system rest on her noticing, like remembering to like turn off the camera when she goes to the bathroom or is all I that think included? So. Like, no, I think this is on her. Uh, I am not a fan of this approach. So. All this time, we've been getting these flashbacks to her high school humiliations, including that scene I mentioned where she reads a love poem to Billy. And then he asked her to prom because she, like, really, like, won him over with her beautiful poem. And here we get a flashback where she is all ready for prom in, like, a half-brushed high side pony Again, and a pink lame puff sleeve oh, dress. God. Yeah. Uh, So I want to say that I was a nerd in high school and I've done the half brushed hair thing more times than I like to remember. But for prom, you can usually get someone to brush your hair. That's kind of standard. It's like (laughs) she really it's like she's doing the thing that I do at the end of every night when I'm just like time for sleep. Scrape my hair up into a high ponytail to keep it off my neck overnight. She wore that to prom like yeah. Strains and, strains my belief here. 
But also, because Drew Barrymore is so sweet, this scene is so devastating. And I remember being so devastated by it when I first saw it when I was in middle school, which is obviously notoriously a really rough place socially. Uh, And yeah, Billy drives by and hurls eggs at her while laughing at her with his hot date. Yeah. And you're like, everything about the setup of this is ridiculous. Like, I don't actually believe that this girl would have thought that Billy was asking her to prom. Like, all the entire setup feels ridiculous. And yet, the emotions that are at the core of it are just like, fucking stab you right in the heart. Yeah. This is one of a pantheon of movies that made me extremely uh, resistant to male attention until I was probably in my 20s. Because I was like, they're clearly just going to, like, humiliate me because it was a prank. And Never Been Kissed has part of the thanks for that (laughs) attitude that I had for, like, a decade of my formative years. But then, a deus ex machina, Rob descends from the heavens into her high school. He has enrolled, as we discussed, somehow And he is looking for his own second chance. And in his case, it's a baseball career. He's going to catch the eye of some minor league scouts by joining. And no one will notice that. No one will be like, he's 23. Yeah. I just can't believe that there was no other way for him to try out for some minor league scouts after he got over mono. And again, if five he's 23, ago. like, this is not, he's still like, they're right, like, you oh, could I'm still do it. Now. It's like, no, you could do it. What? Yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any I think of baseball as actually a sport that has relatively more paths into because it does have the farm system and like all these ways you can kind of get into the professional but he's like two birds one stone (laughs) a new a new chance at baseball and I want to play baseball (laughs) yeah he's like I want to get really close to maybe having sex with a 16 year old also help my sister also, baseball career. I'm yeah. winning across the board. Also help my sister maybe have sex with a teenager. Yes. We, in this family, this is what we love to do together. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we bond as a family. <laughs> He's ready to relive his glory years. And Josie pulls him aside. She's like, this is ridiculous. You can't just walk in here and get popular in just one day. But of course, but Rob, he but can. can. He oh, can't he can. because There's boys are flaw. disgusting. And he is like a semi-attractive <laughs> white man. So yeah. it's like... I think it's... My, my high school experience left me convinced that it's actually much easier to be socially accepted as a boy than as yes. a girl. There are just a lot more routes to becoming cool that are accepted. And one of them is eating right. a giant thing of coleslaw. Like, if I did that, to, like, would I become cool? No. No, like, well, that's the thing. As like, a girl, yeah, you a just like, have that. to be hot. Yeah. You yeah. have to be hot if you're Ideally a, a girl. Ideally hot and, and rich. Yeah, and in a very specific kind of way. It has to be specific. That is, like, acceptable in high school or middle school. Hot, rich, on trend, all these things. But then Rob is like, it's really easy. And it's like, there's no, like, dissection of, like, gender dynamics here. He's just like, are you you kidding? Like, but can you imagine (laughs) if he'd been like, Josie, go eat this 12-gallon thing of coleslaw. (laughs) They'll love you. And, like, maybe they would have. I don't even know. Drew Barrymore is very winning. Woman eats giant thing of coleslaw <laughs> while people, uh, if people, she was able to get a chant going. I don't know. It might have worked. I don't know. But it's better than the boa. 
Like, I think I think that he is 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 right, and they don't talk about it, but it does. It exactly depicts this dynamic, which is he can pick some goofy thing to do to become cool. She needs like a guy to vouch for her, and normally that's yep. because you're hot. And in his case, he's secretly her brother, and he's just gonna be like, "I think she's hot, right? Don't you guys all think she's hot?" So he got another really not popular weird dynamic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like that girl Josie. She's great yeah. at sex. Like, I love, yeah, I love her boobs. <laughs> Have you ever seen them? They're cool. Like, <laughs> we used to date, and I still think about her like all the time. I'm kind of yeah. like, oh, she's like the hottest girl I was ever with. Yeah. And my sister, I mean... Anyway, I don't know. That's just one man's opinion from one man who's seen it, for sure. (laughs) And she needs his approval more than ever because she and Aldis are in a fight. She stood up her nerdy friends to go to the reggae club and try to get cool. And so she is really banking on Rob being able to make her popular ASAP. But in the meantime, she's just, like, flying solo. She goes to a carnival, a school carnival, to raise money for prom. I feel like my school would have needed to raise money all year to have this carnival, but they yes. are... Yeah. <laughs> right. They're there like, were we just so did- many carnivals in teen shows and teen movies. Like, Veronica yes. Mars is a carnival. Like, there's always this... I don't know. I mean, Greece. Yeah. Who can oh, forget? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Everyone's always just like, let's just throw up a Ferris wheel to raise money. That's yeah, what we, we do. Why? We in have high one school. in the back. Why are we? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. Like, yeah. Who doesn't? Get the old Ferris wheel out of the out of Guys, the athletic equipment shed. I have an idea for money. Get the Ferris wheel going. Why don't we even put it at a commission? We can be making money for it. <laughs> so she's alone on the Ferris wheel, and the the carnival ride operator is trying to find someone to sit with this lonely single. Mr. Cool Son takes pity on her and hops in the ride with her. He's, like, seeing that she's suffering. The the boys are making fun of her. She's alone. And he's like, time for me to make my 17-year-old student feel better by inappropriately confiding in her about my relationship problems with my adult girlfriend, Laura. In a confined space that she she can't can't escape. Yes. He's like, this is perfect. Hey, 17-year-old student. It's time to talk. You're pretty hot. (laughs) And men my age are going to want to bone you. Also, it's so hard dating my bitch of a girlfriend who's a lawyer. She knows what the Met is. (laughs) 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 So then, yes, he says, listen, I know it's hard right now. Some Some guys never really grow out of this stage, but some of them do. And when you're my age, guys will be lined up around the block for you. And this leads us to the most iconic, disturbing lines of the movie. Josie says, you have to say that. You're my teacher. And he says correctly, actually, I shouldn't say that because I'm your teacher. And it's supposed to be, right. It's about like, as a kid, you're just like, oh my God, what? You're like, oh my God. He chose her. Oh my God. I think there's something about watching this movie when you are just younger than everyone. Like, when this came out, I was maybe in seventh grade, like, sixth or seventh grade. And I was like, they're all adults, basically. So it doesn't feel as creepy. And then you're, like, in your 30s watching this, and you're like, oh, oh, no, this is... This leads to sex crimes. Yeah. This is You're very tell bad. someone that in a therapy session. We're like, yeah, we were in a carnival and I'm at the top of the carnival and I can't go anywhere. And he literally was like, guys will love to fuck you, you know? <laughs> They'd love it. Honestly, and like, <laughs> so I say chilling. this also, I think this is also because once you've been in a workplace, 
you start to understand that it's not just the age, it's the power dynamics. If you're with your boss yeah. alone and you can't escape and he starts being like, I shouldn't say this because I'm your boss. Yeah, that's but so a lot creepy. of guys it's would love hot. to get in your pants. Like, yeah, yeah no, thank you. Like, not, not okay. okay. No. I don't care if I'm 25. Not cool. No. And you think I'm 16. Yes. You think right. I'm 16. Like, she knows she's I'm sorry, 25. 17, Lane. Oh, okay. 17. makes okay. a huge okay. difference. She's so mature. Practically almost legal. Practically she's an old soul. Legal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very she's, advanced. She's almost old enough to apply to Dartmouth. So, you know, keep that in mind. Oh, Very thank grand. God. Thank God. But it's like, but, but yeah, it's the power dynamic of that. But also, like, I think that's what's weird about the suspended thing. Because if I knew that I was in that dynamic and my teacher thinks I'm an underage person, there's no way at 25 you're not going to know that and think it's weird. You yeah. know he thinks that. You know well, he thinks the, that. That's the thing about Josie, though, is that she's like Her this very yeah. smart and yet completely emotionally and socially stunted character. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is the thing. She is supposed to be sort of emotionally stunted at a 17-year-old level. Like, she never grew yeah. past the social trauma. Yeah, yeah. And developed, like, an adult. She's never been kissed. Literally, she's 25. Right, yeah. yeah. Which date. also, again, I'm sorry, even if you're really nerdy, like, you've probably just, you've like, absolutely been, been kissed just... at 25. Yeah. Like, it's, like, I, trust, you don't have to be the hottest girl in school yeah. to get kissed by I mean, 25. She yeah. went to college. <laughs> she, she, I'm, yeah. like, yeah, I feel like, you know, but... No, it, she is presented as, like, part of her appeal is that she lacks yeah. any of the social maturity of yeah. someone who is over the age of 17. But it's a, it's yeah. different because she's actually 24, 25. Meanwhile, Rob is on the baseball team, and though he has not played in five years, he is suddenly the star of the baseball team. And he is advancing mission Make Josie Cool by telling just a bunch of full-on lies about her. He's like, we knew each other at our old school. As we mentioned, he says that they dated and he's like still kind of got a thing for her. Maybe she dumped him. He says her dad was the inventor of X-Lax and she spends all her time with her family on a yacht in the south of France. So yeah, rich and hot. Rich yeah. and hot. Rich and desired. She doesn't yeah. look it, but she's rich and hot. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. might not You'd believe never it, know, but... but she is. <laughs> yeah. Also, the X Lax thing is just such a small oh, yeah. little nod to the darkness of diet culture in 1999. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. ooh, X Lax, we love it. Like, because there yeah. is that moment ooh, of like, oh, share some of that. Can she get some? And also, like, it's an X Lax like six dollars. It's not yeah. like pricey, <laughs> yeah. but they acted like it was like she has Adderall. <laughs> like, yeah, she's, you know? got, she's got drugstore. <laughs> right. It's like cocaine. Like, it's like, yeah, if you can get it for like five. Bucks. No, they're, they're, yeah. they're basically like Josie is, is the like Ozempic air. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's like, yeah, she, of course she can get you some. Of course she can. Except X-Lax is. <laughs> is yeah. Yeah. And it's introduced by this disturbing scene where one of the popular girls is looking at a biology class skeleton <sighs> and saying like, Oh, that's it. No more solid foods until prom. Oh, God. So depressing. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I literally need to look like a skeleton. I found myself feeling, feeling like, really sad for the popular girls, actually, Me in too. this movie. Yeah. There are not even the worst bullies. The worst bullies are the guys. Are the guys. Yeah. yeah. And the groomers. Um, and But they're the ones who get the most, the most shit in the end or the most dog food in the end. 
So Anita shows up to visit her friend in class, and that seems like, like a Anita. bad idea. And she also a- Anita, you have a job. Like what? Again, what is everyone doing at, in this newsroom? Nothing. They're apparently. like high school's amazing. We want to be yeah. there. Like, is she supposed to be like the sex columnist? I'm not like totally clear on what her job actually is. It doesn't really matter. She she loves sex. Yeah. That's yeah. all you need to know. And she, she's Molly Shannon. She accidentally yeah. gets mistaken by Mr. Coulson for the sex ed teacher. Oh, yeah. And while she is improving her sex ed uh, uh, lesson and showing a bunch of teens how to put a condom on a banana and expressing her own complex regret around whom she lost her virginity to, an announcement comes through the intercom. Their rival high school has chosen the same prom theme the millennium and they compete for best prom every year so their theme must be unique like why is there a prize like i no it doesn't make sense also was there a press release yeah Yeah. like oh my god i saw it on the ap read it (laughs) they have they have a reporter undercover at their rival high school (laughs) okay also can we talk about the fact that there's apparently just like a teen sitting in the office all day and, like, just making announcements when there's good goss. No, it's, like, pre-TikTok. Literally. It's, like, like, attention. (laughs) Attention, school. We just got a fax that says that there's (laughs) other school. (laughs) South Glen North is actually... No, I, I I do think this is common in teen movies, though, which is... I mean, it's it didn't really exist at the time, but it did come to exist. This, the, the student announcer who sits around and just, like, updates everyone on the hot goss through the intercom. And, like, now we have social media. They, like, teen movies knew about social media. They knew it was coming. <laughs> so everyone immediately starts, like, freaking out. They're, like, shaking. They're vomiting. They're fainting. And Mr. Coulson is like, guys, we just need to pick another really good theme. Also, I'm sorry, does this one <laughs> class have the power to pick yes. the theme? Right, he's like, listen, every kid in this school, there's 30 of you who can do this. <laughs> yeah, right. Like- also, I like that every single character that we meet is indeed in this one right, class. Exactly. Yeah, it really is like, listen, you're a graduating class of 30. You're smart. We can do this. Also, it's clearly not his English class. Like, he's like in charge of this big in charge of all the students. sex ed class of every student we've met. And finally, Guy cuts through the hubbub. He stands up and he's like, Josie will have the answer. And she suggests, what about meant for each other, famous couples throughout history? And I gotta say, no, that's not a good problem. Terrible, (laughs) terrible, terrible. First of all, also, isn't the theme usually about the decor? Yeah. Not about like, here's a costume you can wear to your prom. Yeah. yeah, Right. How do you decorate the theme of famous couples throughout (laughs) history? Also, also, I would imagine prom is like two weeks away. I would imagine almost everybody already had their outfit and it didn't correspond with a Renaissance theme. Like, like, who hadn't already had their outfit picked out? And they're like, I guess I could build something around this that's a couple's costume. Like, like it's Halloween. Like, I, I just, so prom weird. is not a costume party. Yeah, the fact that all of these... Simply is not. All I kind of ha- wish it was. Like, not in that way necessarily, <laughs> but that'd be kind of cool if there was, like, a Halloween prom or something that was a little bit more than just, like, I'm hot. Like, I think that could be cool. That This wasn't it. It still wasn't it. <laughs> I yeah, think it yeah, could yeah, be yeah. cool, no, but I, I think I when I you're a that. teenager, especially, like, a teenage girl... 
you don't actually have that many opportunities to get to really glammed up. up to dress right. up. And like, you're like, I want to wear a stupid gown. Like, I want to wear a gown like a princess, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like I'm going to a bunch of formals every year. Yeah. No. And, and we didn't like have junior prom. I had one go of it. Yeah. And I remember being so aware, like, I'm going to buy a dress I'll never want to wear again. Yes. And like that is by design because this is the one time I get to wear something right. like this. Yeah. Yeah. And what if fun. instead you're like, I'm going to dress up like a queen of hearts or <laughs> I'm going to wear a bikini and be Malibu Barbie? Like, no, I can't right. see anyone getting on board with that. No. This is a terrible idea. But the important thing is the guy approves. And I guess this means Josie is like past the test. Frankly, this is a truth that the movie gets right, which is like one hot man thinks your idea is good. Everyone <laughs> thinks your idea is good. Yeah. And suddenly you're cool and you get to help plan prom and you have to go shopping for matching cardigans with the hot girls. You get to be a lemming. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, there goes another lemming. Um, and I think that we see here that Josie begins to embody her popular girl self. And what's incredible to me is that Drew can convey both of these so well with minimal yes. styling and minimal like outfit changes. She just carries herself differently. And suddenly you're like, oh, Drew seemed so authentically awkward and nerdy before I couldn't imagine her being hot and cool. And now suddenly she's carrying herself a little bit more confidently. And I'm like, she's obviously like the hottest commodity in school. And they have her wear like you know, just more normal clothes. Nothing yeah. too crazy. They don't, like, make her dress exactly like Kristen, Kirsten, and Gibby, except when they go to the mall Gibby. and buy matching cardigans because Josie thought it was cool, so they all think it's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, there there is, it really is just, like, Drew's energy shifts, and you're like, yeah, I, I buy it. Yeah. Not many, not many actresses have that range. That people that you rely so heavily on their like stained overalls and their glasses. Drew can just do it within herself, and also she has stopped overcurling her hair, which Thank is God. important. Yeah, and Guy is like totally crunching on her. So, do you want to be crunched? Yes, by Guy. Yes, you do. But in her other life at the Chicago Sometimes, the pressure is on to deliver the story she has been working on for months. And if it's not good, she and Gus are fired because this editor is constantly just like firing people. Yeah, Gary Marshall is just on one. He loves to fire people. He loves chaos. I mean, the loss of journalism jobs in this movie is the only accurate thing about <laughs> journalism in this movie. And... Josie shows up to a party that Rob is throwing at their childhood home and finds out that Rob is going to prom with a 16-year-old gymnast who has previously told Josie, like, I'm ready to lose my V-card. And Josie's like, Rob, this would be, like, super illegal. Like, she's 16. And he's like, yeah, and a gymnast isn't so amazing. Uh, oh, God. This poor, this woman is going to be totally traumatized, this girl. I, another thing I did not really pick up on yeah. viewing this as a, like, 12-year-old, but as a 35-year-old, I was like, oh, no, won't someone think of this poor 16-year-old gymnast? She's going to need a, so much therapy. 
Meanwhile, Josie gets whisked away by her own teenage paramour, Guy. They end up in her childhood bedroom. Which has not been touched. It has not been touched. It's a shrine. Neither has she. This is a theme. (laughs) There's a theme. Never been touched was the original title. And they were like, too far. They were like, gotta scale it back. (laughs) Never been kissed. Touched for the very first time would have been. (laughs) (laughs) And she's desperately trying to, like, hide embarrassing pictures of herself when Guy looks her deep in her eyes and asks her to prom. And she says, yes. But her other suitor, Mr. Coulson, her English teacher, also has a big surprise for Josie. He got her a meeting with an admissions officer from Dartmouth, even though she has chosen to tell all of her teachers that even though she's, like, extremely gifted and academically inclined, she is not planning to go to college. Like, that was the best lie you could come up with. Just say you already got in somewhere. Yeah. I don't understand. I've got it all covered. Don't worry about it. And he's like, no, you're so good. You really should go to Dartmouth. They blush and tremble their way through this conversation about how much he believes in her. And Gus sees this footage and is like, Josie, this is the story. Your teacher is perving on you. And I'm going to say Gus is correct. He's right. Like, you got to do this story. Mr. Coulson is being a creep. He's being Mr. Creep, son. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> creep, son. <laughs> and Josie's like, no, Sam, I mean, Mr. Coulson and, and me, <laughs> nothing is going on between us. And he's like, sorry, Coulson's going down. I've already pitched it to the big boss. He loves it. Sex with students. Chef's kiss. And Josie's like, oh, my God, how am I going to get out of this? Deal with that question later. Right now, it's prom night. She, Yeah, you think <laughs> Josie's going to give up being popular at prom? <laughs> no. For After your stupid years. sex scandal? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, That's actually please. really legitimate and totally <laughs> makes sense. No. <laughs> Josie looks totally Rufus in her elaborate pink silk renaissance gown and updo she has gone from like seven years ago not understanding that someone can literally just brush her hair to now she's like i spent thousands of dollars on this look (laughs) rob is compounding the creepiness of being a 23 year old dating a 16 year old by escorting her to prom without any pants on (laughs) as tom cruise in risky business like, you want as many Ugh. layers of clothing in between your naughty bits as possible, my friend. Like, again, you're very though, close to a felony. Again, though, another, like, we were teens in the 80s. And this is never explained. <laughs> yeah. yeah I true. love the 80s. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> and Guy picks Josie up in a limo. But this time, there are no eggs. Just a white rose. And she really is his hot date. All the popular girls... What is it? Kirsten, Kristen, and Gibby yes. show up as different versions of Barbie. They did not discuss their outfits in advance, so they are all very aggrieved that they're all there Barbie. Was no so it's so inaccurate. No nope. You you think a bunch of popular girls or like really any girls in high school aren't discussing their outfits? Please, they would yeah. have shopped for them Please. together. Yeah, this yeah. is just amateur hour. Hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> Josie and Guy are, of course. Very identifiable. Rosalind and Orlando from Shakespeare's least beloved romantic comedy, As You Like It. Iconic, iconic figures. Who could forget (laughs) Rosalind and Orlando? Rob's 16-year-old gymnast date 
puts her leg behind her head, which is her main thing, and tells him that she wants to have sex. And thankfully, for legal reasons, he gently puts her off. This is Rob's line. He's like, I will tiptoe right up. But she said the word sex. Okay. Gotta back off. He's like, now that it's getting real, having sex with a 16-year-old gymnast does not seem quite worth all the jail time that might ensue. (laughs) Meanwhile, the math team, except for Josie, have arrived dressed as a strand of DNA because it's a double helix, right? So it's a couple, a famous couple throughout history. (laughs) they're all linked together prom court is announced and Josie and Guy are prom king and queen Josie you did it she did it I think that Rickford should be happy with this does he really need a story when he can know that he made this dowdy copy editor's high school dreams come true frankly this like is a magazine piece like I went back to high school (laughs) and I went from like the biggest loser to prom queen and this is how it felt in eight simple steps yeah yeah. well that's what she ends up writing that's true (laughs) yeah everyone is clapping even Aldis and Josie's colleagues in the office they're like, we just wanted Josie to be popular. And thank God. Thank God. None she of is. us have to file any other stories or edit anything. During their dance as King and Queen, Guy tells Josie that she rocks his world, but he makes one big mistake. He says it two times. And he doesn't realize it, but he is dancing with the youngest copy editor at the Chicago Sometimes. <laughs> and she's like, that's redundant. You said that already. The spell is broken. I'm not into you anymore. And I'm like, also, he is a teenager. Yeah, you so. can't make out with a teenager, Josie. It's <laughs> not okay. I truly it love was how- okay until he was redundant. Yeah. Not you it are underage. Been okay. You are redundant. <laughs> underage, I can forgive. Redundancy? No. No. They're like, is Josie going to make out with Guy on the dance floor? Maybe. No. <laughs> Yeah. He's redundant. He's Not redundant. now. I was. <laughs> I was going to give you You everything. ruined it. <laughs> but luckily, there is an even creepier thing about to happen. Mr. Coulson, he's ready to dance with the prom queen. Very appropriate. And also tell her that he and his girlfriend have broken up. <laughs> oh, my Just God. Just a normal thing that teachers tell their students. The way I would be running away so fast if my teacher approached me at prom to dance and tell me that he had ended his romantic relationship. Uh And Josie's like, I want to tell you something. And she turns off her lapel camera. He's like, Everyone at the office is like, no! How dare you! He says there's something he wants to tell her too. But meanwhile, something else is a Bruin. Guy. Okay, what does he what does he want to tell her? When we never find out. Nothing. I have legal. a few ideas. Yeah. He's like, you're about to not be my student anymore, and I'd love to visit Dartmouth a couple times uh. a year. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Guy is approaching Aldis, sitting with the rest of the math team, and he asks her to dance. And she agrees. The way that they make all these this, like, tough, like, she bites back. She's, like, sassy and, like, rude to the popular kids. But the minute that he asks her to dance, she, like, melts. Like, deep down, all nerds just want to be asked to dance by the most popular guy in school. Like, 
even if we seem like we d- we think he sucks, like we secretly just want to dance with him. And I'm like, I, mm, I don't know about this. I will say that they make Guy that like soft kind of popular where he's like, you know, let's just let's just end on a good note. Let's let bygones be bygones. Like basically he's like, this is my apology to you yeah. for I guess bullying you for years. One dance. And she's like, oh, okay. She sheds her, her like, they're wearing like um, hazmat suits, suit. sort of connected hazmat suits. And she sheds hers and emerges in a very sexy hot. blue leotard. I mean, yeah, she's because she's Lily Sobieski. She's yeah. very hot. Yeah, and they they swing onto the dance floor, but the other popular kids are gathering and opening a big can of wet dog food, and Mr. Coulson is saved on the precipice of ruining his career and life by hitting on his student when Josie clocks what's happening and rushes over to intervene. The popular girls try to throw the Alpo all over Aldis. Instead, it goes flying in the air and lands all over them instead. And immediately they're like, we knew you weren't cool, Josie. We hate you. You suck. And you don't Josie's deserve like, to be prom let queen. Me, let me tell you Actual teenagers, I'm going to give you a very condescending speech as a 25-year-old adult who's been preying on all of you in one way or another. Yeah, she gives this big speech. Basically, every sentence starts with, let me tell you something. She's like, let me tell you something. I don't care about being prom queen. Let me tell you something. I'm 25 years old. Let me tell you something. Rob is my brother. And Aldis is amazing. And let me tell you something. You popular <laughs> girls will send your, spend your sad, pathetic lives trying to keep other people down. Let me tell you something else. There's a big world out there. And then she, like, runs out. And everyone's like, wow, she just told us, like, a lot of things. And so much and to think about. I will say they are appropriately creeped out by the fact that she is 25. They're like, ugh. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's appropriate for these high schoolers to be like, wait, this person who's 25, who's like eight years older than us, was just manipulating us for like six months? And no one at months? the school protected us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seems fucked up. <laughs> seems bad. Uh, so Josie runs out. The, the George, the camera guy who's been working the tech van, confronts her and is like, did you get the story? Did you get anything on Coulson? And she says, no. But uh-oh, Mr. Coulson overheard, and now he realizes that she was doing a story on him. And she's like, surprise. And he's like, what? You're writing a story on me? Surprise, I'm allowed to be attracted to you now? Like, I should be happy about that? I wish you were 17. That was way hotter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, man. I think maybe, yeah, you should probably be. A little relieved. Be a little relieved. Josie begs him to talk it out and get to know her again. But he walks away because he's been deeply wronged. (laughs) Also, Rob is furious because she outed him and ruined his second chance at a baseball career. He can't play in the state championship now. Also, they got scooped by the Trib, who put out a story about Josie blowing her cover at prom. I mean, yeah, that's a great story, frankly. Gus is like, what the (laughs) fuck, Josie? And Josie's like, listen, I will get you an amazing story. It will be the best story you've ever read. And I'm like, what story is left? The Trib has written all of her stories. (laughs) It's not a scoop. It's actually just a personal essay. Josie was the original blogger, and I do relate to her. 
in that respect. She's like, I, I'm beginning the trend of women just doing confessional journalism. <sighs> so she puts on her power suit. She goes to the baseball team's locker room. She tells the coach that every reporter in the Chicago area will be at the state championship if he does what she wants. And I'm like, it's the state championship. I bet there are going to be a bunch of reporters there. But he's like, okay, no, perfect. Whatever you want, I'll do it for a reporter. She writes her story. It is a personal essay about how she was a nerd to the core in high school. She got asked to promise a joke. And then she received this assignment. And what she ended up finding was herself. And that high school hasn't changed. It's full of all the same archetypes that we all know from teen movies, which are all accurate no matter the time or place. But she has one regret. A certain teacher was hurt by her journey. She's like, I'm so sorry. And also, I'm in love with you. Again, how was he hurt and not relieved? Well, exactly. I'm like, this, he was not hurt. The dog is like, yeah, yeah. And then he makes sense. How are you hurt? I'm like, you didn't harm him. He was a predator (laughs) who thankfully preyed on a 25-year-old. Yeah. Like, by luck. A certain predator was hurt by my journey. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so sorry to this man. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very easy, eh? Like, in these teen movies, these high school students are always like, I'm very, very worried about my favorite male teacher, and I hope he's okay for what I did to him. She's like, I'm I was in hot, love with and you. he thought I was underage. This is on me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel... This is my fault. I really, I really fuck things up for him. I hope, I hope that he makes it through this. She tells uh, she tells him and the world that she will be at the state championship baseball game on the pitcher's mound for five minutes before pitch, first pitch, to receive, she hopes, her first real kiss. Again, so, from a guy who only liked her when she was 16. <laughs> but sure. Well, you got to be wondering if he reads this in the Chicago Sun-Times while he's, like, wrapping up his possessions to move to New York because now that Josie's off the table, he's like, I guess I'm getting back with Laura and moving to New York. <laughs> He reads this and he's like, I mean, oh, to be well, fair, she's never he... been kissed. So, like, she is basically, like, a 17-year-old in yeah. some important ways. <laughs> I will say he should leave the teaching profession and probably <laughs> the state. So that was the right yeah. instinct. And meanwhile, Josie is waiting on the mound. The final seconds tick away as everyone cheers for her. Even the popular kids want her to get her happy ending. Yeah, everyone read read her essay, and they were like, "Powerful, oh, Josie, yeah. powerful style." Wow. Yeah. The final seconds tick off the clock. Josie drops her mic. Devastation. But then the cheers begin again from the stands because Mr. Coulson is running through the stands. He's running toward the mound. He's jogging out to the pitcher's mound. He takes her in his arms. He kisses her. Everyone applauds. He pulls away and says, I'm sorry I'm late. It took me forever to get here. And Josie says, I know what you mean. They kiss again. Anita kisses Gus. Everyone's kissing in the stands. And also Rob is now a South Glen South assistant coach so that he can still be part of a team. Although I will say James Franco does try to kiss Marley Shelton and he does get rejected. So if only more of that happened throughout James Franco's life. (laughs) Exactly. It would be good for him. And the scene fades out to the sweet strains of the Beach Boys, Don't Worry Baby. That brings us to the end of Never Been Kissed. Oh, my God. What a wild ride. And yet, even as we are describing this last scene, I was like, 
Oh my I know. God, it is so beautiful. It was still beautiful. You Chills. just have to suspend a lot of things. Yeah. I think I was texting Claire during my first rewatch of this, during the final scene. And I was like, this is so creepy. This is so fucked up. And then I was like, I want them to kiss. So <laughs> I know. I'm so glad they're kissing. I know. We should, we I should know. dive a little bit deeper on the student-teacher dynamic. We've yeah. had a lot to say about it. But it was wild rewatching this. How exactly it fits the pattern of just actual grooming actual of grooming. teenage students, <laughs> but they just changed her age. Like yeah. every, like the way that he's like, oh, you're so wise for your age. You're special. You're different. And like targeting someone who is not accepted by her peers and therefore yes. making her feel like at least someone accepts her. Yeah. And someone thinks she's beautiful. And Yeah. Yeah. Like, so often when you hear a story of someone who was groomed by their teacher, those are exactly this all is the how things it happens. that happened. And then in this one, there is a bit of groomer wish fulfillment of, and if only it was legal for me to love you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Groomer wish fulfillment. That's so dark and so <laughs> accurate. But it's accurate. It yeah. really is. When you look at it through that lens, you're like, oh, if only society would accept this. Oh, they do? I get everything. <laughs> yeah. I found a workaround. Yes. My student is actually 25. This rules. Oh, thank God. I wish you were secretly 25. I <laughs> <laughs> sounds like something a groomer has said. Like, yes. oh, in my heaven. I wish you were secretly 24, right? Yeah, twenty four. The 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 mall store for groomers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, and I feel like there are these ways. If you like, <laughs> browse like the creepier like parts of Reddit or like men's rights forums, like you will see. Oh, yeah, there is this entire increasingly prominent because they're feeling emboldened lately by the way things are going with our society and abortion rights and just. At the conservative backlash, everything that this the sentiment that's like, oh, you to get a good woman, you got to get her when she's eighteen, she's untouched, she's pure, she's pure, never been kissed, never been kissed, and she, <laughs> that's can, the thing with Josie, you can she's mold 25, her, but she's never experienced the touch of a man. She's just completely pure. Yeah, yeah. they're all that's that that ideal of a woman who is technically legal, but doesn't have any of the forms of adult maturity that would allow her to be, like, independent of you or to have a fully formed sense of self outside of you. I mean, this was the age of all of those websites that were, like, counting down until various teen celebrities turned 18. Yeah. Yeah. And Drew was, like, I mean, she, again, she was famous before she was an adult. So, like, she was in that same stew. And experienced a lot of very fucked up things as a result. Yeah. And I, I it, it's also interesting watching it as someone who has read a lot of romance novels because, like, as a genre, romance depends on obstacles to the union of the couple. You need something to overcome. And so there's, us- there's often, like, a taboo against being together. And... I've read, like, several romance novels where they do a similar thing where they're like, oh, they shouldn't be together. But the person who should know better, they suspect that the person that they're having feelings for is actually, it's actually okay. Like, she, I, I feel like she's actually yeah. older. I feel like that handsome young boy I keep having feelings for, he's so, so feminine. Like, maybe he's a woman. In, like, period romance novels, there's often, like, a cross-dressing element that, like, relies on that. Like, there's always this, like, oh, well, he secretly knew that she was older. Yes. Yeah. 
So that it just takes it okay. that trope to such. It's just like so overt. Yeah. So overtly creepy. I also there's this uh, gross moment when he overhears her discussing Betty versus Veronica, like the Archie uh, love interest. And he goes out of his way to like reintroduce the topic and be like, you know, I've always preferred Betty, who's like the good girl blonde match. Because even though Veronica had great legs, she was too Sorry. moody and she seemed high first, maintenance. First of all, they are drawings. They have the yeah. same legs. <laughs> They're line drawings. Uh, yeah. Also, men who are in their early 30s and use the term high maintenance, huge red flag. Yeah. Like yeah. automatic no. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, Absolutely exactly not. the mindset of someone who's looking for someone who's too young to like assert themselves against. Yeah. Yeah. Their partner. Yeah. He's like, that's why he hates his girlfriend. She <laughs> has needs that she states. Yeah. He's not into that. And then, of course, Josie and Rob are dating children. So yeah, they're also predators. Everyone's a predator. Um, Josie's both being preyed upon and preying upon other people. So that's a quality. Yeah. It's sort of beautiful in a way. <laughs> and women get to be predators too. Um, yeah, it seems like a lot of it relies on this Arrested Development thing where it's like she doesn't really understand that she's old enough now to not need the approval of a 17-year-old hot boy. Like, she's, like, fully back in that 17-year-old version of herself being like, oh, my God, maybe he finally likes me. It's like, you're 25 now. So given all of this, what makes this a movie that we still know and love and are so drawn to like what is the secret sauce of never been kissed i truly think it's pretty much only drew barrymore like the script isn't amazing the plot is really fucked up and creepy and yet there is just like a sweetness that drew barrymore brings to every role and like you believe that drew as you said earlier claire like could be a nerd. And you also believe that Drew could like change and become cooler and come into herself. And like, that is such an appealing narrative, I think, for anyone who struggled socially at all, even if they weren't like the level of sort of tropey unpopular that Drew Barrymore's character in this movie was in high school. There's just this like oh, you can change, you can come into yourself. Someone will will desire you, even if it's not in this moment where you feel so rejected. And I think there are those like core themes that make the movie um, really, really lovely for a, a teenager to watch and and also like still, still resonate for adults. And also Drew Bar- Barrymore and Michael Vartan are just like hot together. So there's also that. Yeah. Yeah. They have that. They have that steamy chemistry. Apparently, that last kiss was <laughs> so good that Michael Vartan got uh, a little erection. <laughs> he got a boner like, during that kiss, during which he told <laughs> Drew Barrymore in 2021 for the first time on the Drew Barrymore show. <laughs> good lord! He's like, "You really kissed me," and she was like, "I mean, you weren't married at the time, so yeah." <laughs> <laughs> she's like you were single I went for it yeah that's <laughs> it, I will say it comes across as a real kiss yeah 
I thought that all movie stars were really kissing, but apparently not. Maybe there's just a, there's just a heat there that the, the two of them really <laughs> leaned into. And they sold it. Yeah. Yeah. They did. He was like, I was wearing, wearing very loose slacks. And I was like, this is going to be a disaster <laughs> when they got it. <laughs> and that is when men realized they had to start wearing tighter slacks. It was just it's for the boners. Too revealing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious, like, Lane, like what it whether you related to Josie's character, because I think Emma and I both had some element of that, like, oh, what would it be like to go back and do high school but be cool this time? Yeah, I think that I think that's what it was. I think that's that's really the whole reason it it sold itself if you you really have to again ignore a lot of those dynamics because they're there but I think that's really what it was it was like the nerdy wish fulfillment of being able to go back to high school have a better experience be accepted I don't think anyone's wish fulfillment was to have a teacher want you I don't <laughs> no. think that was part of it and you again you have to no. separate there's like two movies here uh you have yeah. to, one of them I don't like that part um <laughs> That wasn't the wish fulfillment for me. But yeah, to be able to go back and do that and also to be able to tell the mean kids to fuck off, you know, there was, of course, there was some of yes. that. So I think I absolutely related to the idea of being able to be older and go back to high school and see it differently. Like who wouldn't, who wouldn't want that and to know how to like navigate that system? All of that. I think that was it. And, you know, to have the cute guy like you because you were nerdy, because you loved English, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, of course, yeah. that's was fulfillment for a very, for I think a lot of, a lot of nerdy kids. Like, a guy to like you because you were smart and also extremely stupid uh, somehow, <laughs> both. I don't, only, I don't know why we only did that. only when it's strategic, okay? Yeah. yeah. Smart and stupid in exactly the right ways at exactly yeah. the right times. Still striving yeah. for that. Should we end this episode by rating this movie out of 10 copy editing jobs at a legacy media brand? With their own office and assistant. Step right up, ladies. Um, On a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the best. If I I separate out (laughs) the grooming... Because you have to, right? You Let's have comment to. on the non-grooming portions. The non-grooming movie. portions, right? Because otherwise, I'd be like zero. This is so upsetting, you know. Um, just on that, if you separate out the grooming, I, I'd give it out a seven out of ten. I, I think, I think there's a lot of funny moments. I think there's like Drew is so winning in this movie. Lily Sobieski is so sweet oh, and beautiful. Their friendship so is so beautiful. We have a mm. lot of female friendships in this. The friendship yeah. between Anita, like, there's a lot That's of strong true. female friendships that are really beautiful. Like, as much as there's women competing with each other, there's women who are absolutely not and who are rooting for each other. They're, they're not frenemies. They're just genuine friends. The only fight they have is because she didn't show up for their friendship. She chose something other than that. Like, there's there's a lot of beauty in this. Also, the soundtrack is so good. I yes, have that soundtrack. Like, is. I have that soundtrack. That soundtrack is great. A lot of great cardigans representation, both physical and musical. The mm-hmm. band and good cardigans physically. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say 7 out of 10. It's a fun movie. It's not a movie that I think to rewatch very often, probably because a lot of this stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's very winning. Yeah. I think that that's an interesting point about the friendships that like the popular girls are barely even characters, which like there's a dark side to that, which is like, are they even human? They're just like archetypes of monstrous people. 
But yeah. the the character the female characters who we really get to know are all sort of beautiful people who yeah. who are, who are yeah, mutually supportive and trying their best and and also maybe trying to get with a 17-year-old in one specific case. But And also the popular girls are <laughs> Are, are all pretty, seem like pretty good friends to each other. Yeah. You know, when we check back into <laughs> them, in yeah. on them, they're like, they're like taking selfies with their digital camera. Uh, yeah. And like, yeah, being sweet together and like moving on from having this 25-year-old prey on their social <laughs> dynamics. Yes. So good for them. Yeah, that's, that's really true. I think that the friendships are not the most front and center part of the movie, but they, they keep it together they are there they are there throughout the whole thing and that is like right like I mean it doesn't seem like from what we see that like Josie really had friends and like through this she gets to like have that friendship with this person who actually like was not in the way that this movie uses it but was very mature for her age was very um like emotionally aware and thoughtful and all these things that you know do exist in teenage girls. And it's rare, I think, that those teenage girls find each other. Like, I didn't really know very many uh, women like that because high school is so divisive, Mm. you know? So there are other people like that, but you think you're the only one. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a good good point. I feel like I'm at, like, maybe a 6.5 on this because it is is these, like, two movies. There is, like, such a sweetness. I am still just, like, so taken by... Michael Vartan and Drew Barrymore's chemistry. Yeah. I, like, yeah, there, it really hits some, like, it, soft emotional pieces for me that, yeah. and that still holds up. But also, it's completely absurd and creepy. So, yeah, it's going to be somewhere, like, in the middle. Yeah. yeah. In the middle for me. I mean, it's so much more fun and watchable than it has any right to be. Right, like, exactly. Yes. At no point was I like, oh, I wish I weren't watching this, which... yeah. You know that happens sometimes. That's a lot of movies, yeah. Surprisingly often, no. It's yeah. uh, it's it's fun. It's ludicrous. It's it's cute. Like a lot of good performances, and yeah. Like honestly, the friendship between Aldis and Josie really did remind me of my friendships with my best friends in high school, which I was very lucky to have, and that were so much more important to me than like whatever crush I had on whatever yes. guy. Um, which, by the way. None of the popular guys because they all sucked. And if they asked me to dance, I would have not danced with them <laughs> yeah. for the record. But yeah, those friendships with uh, the, the a girl who who really gets you, it's so yeah. precious, and that's such a beautiful part of this movie. And yeah. I think on balance, I'm going to say six out of ten. But yeah. it's honestly just there's it remains a classic despite having such a messed up yeah. premise for reasons somehow somehow still worth rewatching <laughs> yeah. and i'm honestly so thrilled that we got to and um, this was so much fun lane can you tell all the people listening where they can find you and your work where they can order your fantastic book yeah um so i am Hello, Lane Moore on all the social medias. Um, LaneMoore.org also has like all my tour dates and things like that. Um, Yeah. And my second book just came out, which is called You Will Find Your People, How to Make Meaningful Friendships as an Adult. Um, Yeah. So you can find that at any bookstore. Very much encourage you to go to indie bookstores. They're so lovely and they need you. Uh, But you can get it literally anywhere. Um, 
yeah, that they have books. And there's also an audio book that I read and my dog who barked at Michael Vartan's inappropriate behavior. <laughs> um, I dedicated the book uh, to my dog and she's also sat on my lap. I kid you not, two days of recording my audiobooks for my first and second book. Sat on Aww. my, like in the audio booth the whole time, just patiently. We had to edit some like puppy noises out, but yeah. <laughs> A very, so a very good dog. <laughs> what a good doggy. Isn't she oh. in your author photo? With good too? politics. Yes. Um, <laughs> she's anti Michael Vartan's uh, predatory behavior. She is. Yeah. I took my author photo for this second book with her. I kind of wanted to do it um, for my first book. I kind of wanted to do it. But then I was like, oh, I don't know. That's not really what people do. And then my second book, the author photo, I was like, I'm doing it. I don't know why people wouldn't do that. <laughs> I love That's it. Silly. It's so cute. <laughs> it's you. so cute. Well, Lane, thank you so much for going yeah. on this beautiful journey with us. This was so much fun. And on that note, that is it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Lane Moore. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Fallon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Habib and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars, leave a review, and of course, spread the word to all your friends about our show. Yeah, get on that high school intercom in the middle of bio class and just like say the good shout word. It out. You if guys! You... <laughs> Isn't that how they do it too? She's like, you guys! You guys! Central you Southwest guys! Love to see it is amazing. Go download it wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clarinemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at clarendemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Clary Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back soon. Stitcher. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating handfuls of thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag, taking a bite out of an irresistibly bold block of extra-sharp cheddar cheese. We know you want to get back to streaming, but wasn't it nice to daydream about cheese for a bit? Tillamook Cheddar, extraordinary dairy. Some people like to deep clean every Saturday morning. I prefer to spend a few minutes every day keeping things fresh with Lysol. Lysol's all-purpose cleaner cleans and kills 99.9% of viruses and bacteria. It can be used on hard, non-porous surfaces like the kitchen, bathroom, and other areas in your home. (sighs) Don't just clean. Lysol clean.